All right, well, the last few weeks, well, actually last week, we began this series uh, talking about Jesus' resurrection. This idea that the Jesus' resurrection changes everything, everything about our lives. If you remember, um, talking to some about it last week, about we worked through different aspects of the resurrection, how it's true and how we can trust our lives to Jesus, how it's real. This morning, we're going to take the next step and begin exploring how Jesus' resurrection, the fact that he died and rose again, how that works out in our lives. Because that's the key question that we all ask, right? Jesus died and rose again. How does that matter to me right now? How does that work out in my life? Well, on the one hand, it works out in all sorts of ways. Difficult for me to even pin down. I mean, for example, just the fact that we have this hope in heaven, like how that works in our lives, what that does for us, or the peace that we have, the peace that we have knowing that Jesus sits at God's right hand and he is sovereign over all of creation, the peace that that gives us, or the joy that we have knowing that we can ask God for forgiveness and be forgiven to unload all of that guilt and the joy that that brings. But this morning, I wanted to focus in, actually not this morning, over the next few weeks, uh, focus in on a few areas. One of them is healing, which we're going to be talking about today. One of them is meaning, how Jesus' death and resurrection brings us meaning in life. How it gives us a sense of belonging, being a part of this community here. And also, Jesus' death and resurrection brings us redemption. So this morning, we're starting with healing. How the cross, how Jesus' death and resurrection changes everything. And I have to tell you, it's been difficult for me this week. Healing is a huge thing. And to talk about it, I was struggling just to get a handle on it. And there's these different ways. And actually, Gene, I heard you praying about it, And I heard a few others talking about how God heals us in different aspects of our lives. Physically, which is what most of us think about when we think of healing. But also how God heals us emotionally or mentally. Or spiritually. And this morning we're going to be focusing in quite a bit more on the spiritual aspect. That is the foundation of everything else. When God heals us spiritually, when Jesus died on the cross and rose again, he healed us spiritually or gave us access to be healed spiritually. It changed everything. And that works throughout the rest of our lives. And I'll be sharing some of my own experiences of how that happens. But here's the thing. So not only is spiritual healing the foundation for everything else, but everything else feeds back into the spiritual formation or the spiritual health. So when we're healed physically, ultimately the point is that we would grow in our relationship with God. If we are healed, say our back is healed, and we just say, great, thanks God, and we go on about our way, then we've kind of missed the point. It's all about spiritual healing. And we heard some about that last week when Colleen when she gave her testimony and talked some about how she suffered from anxiety for years, I think almost a decade, and how she was prayed for, and through prayer, God set her free. God healed her anxiety. And because of that, she began following Jesus. That's how it's supposed to work. So this morning, we're going to be focusing on healing, how our heart, mind, soul, and strength. And I realize that we all come to this topic of healing from different ideas, different experiences. Some of you might be a bit skeptical. You know, it's hard to see. Or you think that, you know, that people are healed, it's mainly in their head. It's a placebo. They pray, and because they think they'll be healed, they are healed. 
You're used to looking at, the, at life and at the world for natural, ex, uh, natural explanations. If something miraculous happened, there must be a natural explanation. And it's just difficult to accept the miraculous. Some of you maybe come at it theologically. You think, you know, Jace, you know, I've read other uh, pastors, other Christian scholars, and they say that, you know, that the healings that we read about in the Bible, in the Bible, that was just for the first century. That was Jesus and his apostles. God worked in that way at that time to do those things, but he doesn't really do it that way anymore. Or maybe uh, you are uh, embarrassed by some of the ways that Christians act or, or talk about healing or go about healing. But I want you to listen this morning. Because I believe that when Jesus died and rose again, he changed everything. And one of the things he did was he healed us. I'll talk some more about that. Not only that, but some of you are here this morning and you are open to healing. You're like, yeah, I think Jesus still heals. I think God still heals. But you're at that place in your life where things are going pretty good. You're thinking, you know, I feel pretty good. I mean, healing is great, but I don't really think I need healing anywhere. Thanks, though. Well, I want to encourage you. That's great. I'm grateful that's where you're at. But I was thinking about it this week, that there are two types of people in this world. There are people who need healing now, and there are people who will need healing soon. We all struggle with illness. And so if you're here this morning and you're feeling physically, I am feeling pretty, pretty healthy, you still need to listen there's still good stuff here. Because we're not just going to be talking about physical healing. We're going to be talking about how God heals us emotionally, how he heals our minds, and then most of all, how he heals us spiritually. And then there are some of you who are here this morning who are desperate. You're here this morning and you're saying, Jesus, I need help. I need help. My body, I am ill. I have a disease, and I need help. Lord God, I need healing. Or maybe you're here this morning, and you're thinking, Jason, if you knew the mental illness, if you knew the struggles I've had mentally, you're here this morning, and you need help, healing in your mind. Maybe some of you are here this morning, and you need help emotionally. Your heart is broken. The wounds of your past Continue to crush your heart. And you need healing this morning. Some of you might be here and you're thinking, I need, something's wrong with my soul. I feel this distance between God and me and I need help. You're here and you want relief. Lord God, please set me free from this thing that plagues me. Lord God, I need to be healed. I want to encourage you. You're in the right place this morning. I have good news for you. The thing is, many of us come asking, does Jesus really heal? And, Maybe he heals other people. The next question we ask, does he really heal me? That's the question that we're all asking. And if he does heal me, how do I get it? 
What do I do? Where do I sign up? How do I get this healing that we read about in Scripture? Well, I want to encourage you, encourage us. We're not the first people to ask this question. We're not the first ones who've come saying, Lord, I need help. Please heal me. This morning, we're going to be reading Matthew and Peter, both disciples of Jesus. So if you would, open up your Bibles to Matthew chapter 8. Verse 8, or like chapter 8, verse 14 to 17, or if you want to, you can read it in the bulletin. So, this is after Jesus has already been teaching on the Sermon on the Mount. He comes down and heals a bunch of people and different things. And then it says, When Jesus came into Peter's house, he saw Peter's mother in law lying in bed with a fever. He touched her hand, and the fever left her. And she got up and began to wait on them. When evening came, many who were demon-possessed were brought to him, and he drove out the spirits with a word and healed all the sick. This was to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet Isaiah. He took up our infirmities and carried our diseases. And then if you want to, turn your Bibles to 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 22. Sorry, it should be 21, verse 21 to 25. So it says here, He committed no sin, And no deceit was found in his mouth. When they hurled their insults at him, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree so that we we might die to sin and live for righteousness. By his wounds, you have been healed. For you were like sheep going astray, but now you have been returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. Let's pray that we would hear this word for us this morning. Lord God, we give you thanks for your word and the ways you continue to speak to us and teach us. We pray, Lord God, that we would hear your word this morning, that we would realize what you've accomplished on the cross, that by your wounds we have been healed, and that we would take that reality and live it in our lives. We pray this in your name, Lord Jesus. Amen. So, this morning... I'm going with this audacious claim that if you will follow Jesus, he will heal you. If you will genuinely follow Jesus, he will heal you. In fact, I would say he already has healed you. He is healing you, and he will heal you. Healing is a natural part of following Jesus. It's a natural part of God's kingdom. Now, some of you are questioning, you're like, whoa, Jason, what did you just say? And you'd be right. You might be thinking, like, how can I say that? How can I promise that or back that up? And we know Christians, faithful followers of Jesus, who continue to have diabetes or struggle with depression or anxiety, who continue to have cancer. The thing is, it's true, I realize that that many Christians still have illness in aspects of their lives. But that's the key part, certain aspects of their lives. We've already been talking some about it, about how Jesus heals us heart, mind, soul, and strength. There are different aspects to the person, different aspects to each of us. And Jesus is healing those aspects. This morning, I hear when Jesus says, I will heal you by, by his wounds we have been healed. I hear him first talking about 
our heart, emotion. And I'm drawing these categories from, from the Gospels. When the religious leaders asked Jesus, what's the greatest command? He said, love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your mind, with all of your soul, and with all of your strength. These four categories making up the person. So when Jesus says he will heal, I hear him saying he will heal our heart, our relationships with other people, the emotions that we have. I also hear him say he will heal our minds, mentally, how we think, the way we think, even the things that damage the way we think, illnesses that we have. I hear him saying that he will heal us spiritually as well, that the sin that separates us from God, he is taking care of that. Here I'm speaking to you about strength, about our bodies, that Jesus cares. And I know stories of people who have been healed. Let me give an example of, of some of these ways. In 2002, as many of you know, I was married before. In 2002, my first wife left, um, had an affair with another guy, and my whole world fell apart. I was a wreck. Um, and I remember standing in this, this house that we had bought. There was no furniture. Uh, it was still pretty new. Looking out the window, lights coming in. I could still see the window panes on the floor. And realizing that Jesus was the only one who would ever be there. He was the one who would always be there. And then my next thought was, if I really believe this, I'm going to start following him. I'm not going to do it halfway anymore. I'm going to start following him. And he began to heal me. He began to heal me spiritually, and I'll get more into that. But he also began to heal me emotionally. I mean, my heart was ripped out of my chest, and God began healing me. He helped me, healed me mentally. I had horrible anxiety. I couldn't sleep at night. And I would pray and I would journal and God would give me peace. Not like he would fix me totally, but he would give me peace for that night and then peace for the next night and then peace for the next night. And he healed me physically too. I had, like, I had this anxiety, I had this knot right here all the time. And because of what God was doing in me, the scriptures I was reading, the things I was praying, the conversations I was having, that anxiety would work out. It would come back, but he would always be faithful and it would work out. I realized that when I began following Jesus, I was healed spiritually and that rippled throughout the rest of my life. So these are these four aspects of our healing. So let's see what we mean. Let's look at scripture and see this. So like I said, in Matthew's gospel, uh, Jesus has just come down from the Sermon on the Mount. He'd gone on this healing spree healing all of these people, showing them what the kingdom of God is like. Showing them, not just with his words saying, you know, the kingdom of God has come, but showing them and demonstrating to them that healing, that wholeness, that health was a natural part of God's kingdom. So look at this with me. Verse 14. It said, When Jesus came into Peter's house, he saw Peter's mother-in-law lying on the bed with a fever. He touched her hand and the fever left her. And she got up and began to wait on them. Now, I don't want to get too deep in this, other than just to say that she was sick. She had a physical illness. She had a virus or something. Something that gave her a fever. Jesus touched her hand, and she was healed. She got up and began serving them. 
So this is an example of Jesus healing someone's body, okay, the physical aspect. But it's interesting because she was healed physically, and then she began serving him. And from the context, obviously it means that she began serving him in that moment. But I can't help but wonder if that means also, too, that she began serving him with the rest of her life. That had a spiritual aspect to it. That the physical healing led to spiritual healing. So that's the first one. And then in verse 16, it says, When evening came, many who were demon-possessed were brought to him, and he drove out the spirits with a word and healed all the sick. Now, this is an interesting one because the man or the people were demon-possessed and Jesus drove the demons out. So this is um, a very uh, obviously a spiritual healing. But I can't help but wonder if there's also some mental healing that comes with this as well. I've never been demon-possessed, but, but I think when I have seen people who have, it seems like it torments them mentally as well. And so Jesus is doing both here, healing people physically and mentally. So in this, just in this short passage, we see the different ways that heal, Jesus is healing different aspects of us. Body, spiritual, or body, soul, and mind. I felt this too in my life. In, in 2003, after I began following Jesus, um, spiritually, God was healing me. I began attending Summit Ridge Christian Fellowship in Spokane every Sunday. started going, gathering with the other saints, gathering with other Christians, praising God, learning about his word. I began meeting weekly with Roger, uh, the pastor at the church, one of the pastors. And he continued to encourage me and, and teach me. I also had a pocket King James Bible that I kept in my pocket all the time. It was my dad's Bible that he got when he was a kid. I carry that thing with me everywhere. I still have it. I was constantly reading it, every day reading the Word of God. I remember even, I, was, I don't think I'd even been a Christian a year yet, and I started a Bible study at the company where I worked in one of the conference rooms with some of my friends. Like God was healing me spiritually. And that began to work out in the rest of my life began to change how I related to people, began to heal me emotionally as well. I became way less um, selfish. Still got some work to do, right, babe? But God was changing me emotionally as well. And he was changing me mentally. mentally. I began thinking differently, began looking at the world differently. So the thing is, when we say healing, we often think physical healing. And that's the obvious thing. Someone who can't walk, all of a sudden they can. Someone who can't see, now they can. It's obvious. But there's also more to it. Look at this passage. Look at this last verse of Matthew's passage. It says, This was to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet Isaiah. He took up our infirmities and carried our diseases. Now, this is cool for a few reasons. One, obviously, because it fulfills prophecy. Isaiah is speaking hundreds of years before Jesus and here comes Jesus. He lives and he fills these things out. And we're supposed to recognize who he is because of what he's done, because of the way he fulfills prophecy. But there's more going on here than just, oh, great, Jesus fulfills another prophecy. We're also supposed to see, like, what is happening, what it means that he fulfilled this prophecy. Let's dig a little bit deeper. 
So the part I want to focus on is the part where it says he took up our infirmities and carried our diseases. I think that Matthew means more than Jesus just took our flu viruses and our cancer cells. I think he's talking about something more. That he's healing us at a soul level as well. That on the cross, Jesus began healing us spiritually. That there is spiritual healing here. That he dealt with sin. And we're going to talk about that a little bit more when we get to Peter. It's coming up here in just a minute. But the point I want us to see is that Jesus is healing us in all of these areas. Physical, our strength, our mind, and our soul. But especially spiritually. Because think about this. The illness we have emotionally, the pain that we have mentally, the things that are wrong with us physically, these things are temporal, and I don't mean to make light of them, not even a little bit. But one day, if they are not healed in this life, they will be healed when we stand in front of Jesus. I say that because I know some of you have dealt with mental illness your whole life. Some of you have dealt with a disease that affected your body from the day you were born. Some of you have had enormous trauma in your life, emotionally. And you just don't get over that. But I do believe that one day when we stand before Christ, there will be no more tears. There will be no more pain. And that's where the spiritual healing is especially important. Because that's the way that we become right with Christ. That's the way that Christ makes us right with God, our Father in heaven. So the spiritual healing, that's the foundation. That's the part that is most important. See, the thing is, these other parts, they all fit around spiritual healing. It's like they rotate around it. They revolve around spiritual healing. And Peter helps us here. He says, He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree so that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. Again, this is from Isaiah 53, the same passage that Matthew was just quoting. And it talks about how Jesus endured the insults of people, but then it gets to verse 24 that we see here. And it talks about how Jesus healed us on the cross. That's the interesting thing. Because it says that um, by his wounds we have been healed something that's already taken place. And he's talking about the fact that Jesus is our standing, that he is our substitute. The sin, the things that we did that were wrong, that were against others, that were against God, all these things that pile up between us and the holy God who created us, all these things that pile up between us separated us from God. And then you have Jesus come and he makes a way for us and we are made right with God our Father. So by his wounds, by Jesus' death on the cross, he takes all that into his body. Think about it. He takes all of our sin up to the cross and then takes care of all of it through his death. But through Jesus' death on the cross, sin is no longer an issue for us. And because of that, we are right with our Father in heaven. Two weeks ago, I talked about this, about how the cross sets us free from the pain of sin. That's wrapped up here in what Peter is saying. That on the cross, Jesus set us free. 
because he dealt with our sin. On the cross, we have been healed. And see, that's the thing. In the ancient world, there was this connection. They realized there was a connection between sin and illness. There is a connection. And I, I want to be really careful there because I don't want to ever like, give the impression that you are sick because you've done something wrong. That's not what I'm saying. But when we are healed spiritually, it begins to affect the rest of our lives, fear, uh, physically, emotionally, mentally. So by his wounds, we have been healed. This is the truth for us this morning. The thing is, if we will follow Jesus, we will experience his healing. Like I said, sometimes it won't be in this life. Sometimes it won't be until we stand in front of him. But the thing is, we have been healed at the cross. And now we live into that reality. And it changes the way we live. When we know that we are healed ultimately, it helps us live differently even now, even though we don't see the effects yet. But spiritually, we are healed on the cross. That's when it happened. That's when we were made righteous. That's when we were reconciled to our Father in heaven. So ultimately, even though we still might have trouble with our heart, we might still struggle mentally or even physically, ultimately, we are assured that one day we will be completely healed because we have already been healed on the cross. You follow me? So the thing is, I want you to see how important the spiritual healing is, how it ripples throughout the rest, how it affects the rest of our lives. So when we are growing spiritually, when we are healed spiritually, it begins to affect us mentally. Thoughts affect our moods. Moods affect the way we behave. That's a way of saying that our mind affects our heart and our heart affects our body. For those of you who are here this morning and you struggle with anxiety or depression, I want to encourage you, to encourage you that you have been healed. But I say that very, very carefully. And I also want to encourage you that sometimes the mental healing, well, not sometimes, it is connected to our spiritual healing. And I am grateful for amazing counselors and medications that help. But I also believe, too, that part of it is spiritual as well. That we continue to pray and to come before God confessing. This stood out to me when I was at a man's funeral and um, just a couple of years ago. And Pastor Rob Rollman, who used to live in Nelson, I was talking with him about some anxiety that I had, some fear that I could not shake. It was actually after Tracy after her cancer surgeries. And he said, you know, Jason, sometimes some things aren't mental. Some things are spiritual. And so he said, I'm glad that you're going to a counselor, but some of it's spiritual as well. And I can see that now looking back. <clears throat> when Tracy, after um, she had gone through her final surgery and was declared cancer-free, uh, we were talking again about adopting and I was terrified, so terrified that I didn't even want to do it because I couldn't help thinking, Tracy, what if I have to raise another child by myself? So it was fear, it was anxiety. <clears throat> so I went and I talked with a counselor, a Christian counselor in our community. And, and she said, when we think about things, we create 
the more we think about them, we create this neural, neurological pathway. Essentially, we like wear a path to that thought. Well, I had thought about it so much, I had worn a six-lane freeway to that thought, to that fear. And so something happened. It didn't, I didn't even have to think about it. Just the fear came, the anxiety came. And so she began talking with me about the truth. You know, as Christians, we value the truth, the truth of God's word, the truth of who we are in our Lord Jesus Christ. And I began focusing on the truth, doing the best I could to wear a path to the truth rather than some fear that I had that may never happen. In fact, probably won't happen. I began to speak the truth to myself again and again that Tracy is healed. The doctors said it. Friends who have prayed for her, she, Tracy felt healing. And the probability is like she's going to, as like 90% that in 10 years from now, she'll still be fine. And yet I still would focus on that 10% or that 5%. And so I'm wearing out a new path to the truth. This is how the spiritual healing Continuing to rely on God and his promises heals our minds, heals us mentally. But the healing keeps spreading. It also affects our heart as well. <clears throat> but it takes work. And many of us have seen this. People who have been Christians for years, maybe even decades, and because they have not done the emotional work, because they have not dug into the, the pain of the past, they continue to carry around massive amounts of baggage and they continue to mistreat people. So we have to work at it. We have to work at it. We have to do the work. But I've also seen many who have done the work. I've seen sons who have been reconciled to their fathers when they used to not speak. I've heard, uh, talking with other pastor friends, of, of spouses who are already separated, living in separate homes, and yet come for one last-ditch effort and they save their marriage. They begin to heal spiritually, and that begins to heal them emotionally and relationally. Is everything okay? <laughs> We're losing it. I'm losing it. I begin to see this in my own life as well, as I heal mentally and also as I heal emotionally. This last year, after I've been working through my own mental stuff and spiritually growing, strengthening, being healed after Tracy's cancer, I'm able to move closer to her again, to relate to her. And there were some times there where, man, I was a mess. And it was difficult to love me, I think. But God is healing me. And I see this trajectory. You know the one where it goes, like, generally the trend is like this, even though there's some major dips. <laughs> I still feel that. There's times when I get it wrong, even seasons when I blow it. But I am better able to relate to her now. Now I'm almost 14 years married together. Um, God is growing me. He is healing me emotionally. So you begin to see how we heal spiritually and how that affects us mentally and emotionally as well. We also talk to you about how it heals us physically. I mean, one, when we are healthy spiritually, we just pray more. Lord, please heal. Like, I was grateful for Dave. Like, I, just knowing you, Dave, like how difficult it is to pray out loud for yourself. But you did. You prayed, Lord, please heal my knee. 
that when the healthier we are spiritual or spiritually, the more we just pray and the more we will see healing. Not only that, but when you are healthy spiritually, you become a part of a community like this, a community of faith. Not only are there the, the side benefits of being, a, like the systemic benefits of being part of a community, but the fact that you have all of these people, look around you just for a second, all of these people who will pray for you, who have prayed for you when they've known you've been ill. So when we're spiritually healthy, there's these systemic things. We have more joy. We have more peace, more grace. We take Sabbath rest. All of these things help us physically. They help us. They make us healthier. The physical healing part is the part where um, is the most interesting for me. On the one hand, I believe um, Tracy was healed when she had cancer. Is it okay if I tell this story about Deanna? So she met with some ladies from the church and they prayed with her. And while they were praying, she felt this heat right where the cancer was at. And she came home and she said, I think, I'm not sure what happened, but I think I'm healed. I felt this heat right where the cancer was. And we debated, we were talking, like, you know, what do we do? Do we, like, because she was in chemo at the time, do we stop chemo? Do we, and, and we received it as an encouragement that this is done, not like a test. And so Tracy continued with the chemo. But in April, when she had her surgery, the doctor removed um, all the tissue and all the lymph nodes. And he said, we found no cancer. You are cancer-free. So she's healed. Thing is, I look back at my story, and I don't have a miraculous healing story like that in my life. I don't know, maybe some of you can relate to this part. But I look back, and I realize that God has healed me physically in other ways partly by choices I made. When I was, like I've said, like when I was in college, I drank all the time. Most weekends, I was drunk. Uh, and I'm not surprised, because growing up, my dad drank all the time, too. Every weekend, he'd, he'd go and do stuff, and my dad would, would drink too much. Most nights, my dad would drink too much. Alcohol was just a fixture in my life. And yet, when I began following Jesus, I put all that behind me. Stop drinking like that. Now, it's hard to say. You know, who knows? Maybe I could have continued drinking like that and physically, well, I don't know how you could actually be okay. I mean, it damages your liver. It creates all sorts of emotional problems, mental problems. God has healed me in that way. See, the thing is, when we follow Jesus, he heals us. When we grow, when we are healed spiritually, when we are healed spiritually, that radiates out into the rest of our life, begins healing us mentally, emotionally, and physically. That's how it works. The key question is, how do we access this, right? How do we get this healing? How do we get it? How do we take this from theory to life? From reading it in Scripture, as, as compelling as that is, how do we get it from Scripture to our life? Well, begin with spiritual, the spiritual healing. And there's tons of practices we could talk about, you know, reading the Bible, uh, fasting, serving. But if you were to ask me, what's one thing I could do to receive healing spiritually? And I would say, pray. Begin with prayer. Pray, praise to God. Pray confessing to God. That's a powerful one, especially for healing. 
pray asking God for help. Lord, heal me spiritually. My soul feels, I feel distant from you, Lord. Please draw me close. If we want to heal mentally, I'd say read scripture. Fill our mind with the truth, with the promises of God, with the reality of God's word. Thinking about Jeremiah 29, 11, many of us know that. For I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you and not harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. Fill our mind with those promises, not the words that we heard about, you're no good, you're never going to make it, you're not worth it. Get all that garbage out of our head and focus on God's word to make new neural pathways, new highways of God's truth. And if you were to ask me, how do we heal relationally? I mean, all sorts of like scripture and prayer, obviously, but I would say confide in a friend, a faithful friend, someone who will encourage you. I can't tell you how my life, how I have been blessed by the numerous faithful friends I've had people when I've been able to talk honestly and openly and they speak honestly and openly back with me. That's one of the most powerful ways that we heal relationally, emotionally. The last is, is strength. How do we heal physically? And, you know, this is a difficult one. I mean, prayer, obviously, lots of people praying for us, but also I was thinking of fasting. Fasting is a prayer that we do with our whole body. And not only are there tons of health benefits of fasting and the way the sort of processes our bodies go into when we fast that are good for us, but also it's like an urgent, ongoing prayer. Our growling stomach continually reminds us to pray. And Lord, we pray for healing. This morning we were talking about the truth, the reality, that Jesus' death on the cross has healed us. He has healed us heart, mind, soul, and strength. Imagine for a moment if we grabbed on to that truth. If we didn't just take that as food for thought, but we took that truth and we took it for our lives. This is what I want for you. As your pastor who loves you and who cares for you, I want healing for you. Trust me, I know I know, and I know for many of you, when you come and you say, I'm dealing with this mental illness, or I'm dealing with this emotional pain, or I'm dealing with the fact that I didn't sleep this week because my body's in so much pain, or I feel like I'm distant from God. I know. And I look out at you, people who I love and care for, and I see the ways that we need healing. (laughs) And so this morning, I pray that you will grab onto these words that by his wounds we have been healed, that you would begin pursuing Jesus, that if your hot spot is, is spiritual, that you begin praying, Lord, forgive me and heal me. If your hot spot is mental, that you'd begin reading God's word and fill your head with the truth about who you are. If your hot spot is emotional, that you would find friend, even if it's me, your pastor, and you say, Jason, I need to talk because... I feel emotionally like I am drowning. Or if your hotspot is physical and you say, Jason, I need prayer for this disease or for this issue I'm facing, 
that we would do that. Imagine if we became this place where people were becoming healed even more. Imagine when people come and visit and they say, I don't know what it is, but these people, there is something different here. There is healing happening here. And it all begins with Jesus. It all begins with his cross and his resurrection. Because by his wounds we have been healed.